Hello, hello, hello. These are your hosts, Atit and Tappan, and this is Cold Brew Money. We are talking about money because your friends and family won't. Before we start today's episode, as always, if you like Cold Brew Money, hit the subscribe button. You can give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast as well. It helps us a lot to push good content out weekly. Today, we have a special guest with us. Uh, it's Dhawal Shroff. Uh, Dhawal, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Um... I am Dhawal. I know Atit and Tapan from uh, back in DJ Sangvi College where we went for undergrad together. Uh, I live in Silicon Valley now. I work for Tesla and uh, in general, I'm a roboticist by profession, um, an enthusiast for traveling. And I think after coming to Silicon Valley, I have been introduced to tech investing because of meeting all the people who are in different tech companies using a lot of tech products. Um, yeah and i'm excited to be on the show thanks for having me and looking forward to the chat today thanks for coming on the show and uh, just so everyone know like we did a deep dive with dhawal uh, regarding his experience of working with tesla studying at cmu on our other podcast what the hat so if you want to listen to that we will link the episode in the show notes but today we will discuss more from dhawal's invest more on dhawal's investment style future of electric vehicles and tesla and why does why has it done so well in the past few months or year <laughs> so uh let's get started uh so dhawal how you said you like now have started investing in tech and stuff like so what's your like investment style and what was your first investment when did you start investing Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, first, I'm just going to put out a small disclaimer that this episode has completely my views. It has nothing to do with the employer I work for. None of the information that I'm going to provide is um, not something that's publicly available and uh, should not be used in favor or against um, my employer. <laughs> But well yeah. <laughs> uh had to put it out there god knows uh, if i become wall street bets or something and suddenly start moving the stock around uh but yeah uh, to answer tapan's question uh, i uh, started working in 2014 sometime in 2014 um with my internship at tesla which is when i first started making any money and um initially after the first two or three months i realized that all the money that i'm making is not actually getting used up for my needs or for any debt that i have and i could start using that money for um doing something with it the banks here unfortunately i realized a few months in that they do not actually provide any uh, interest or anything chase provides maybe like 0.05% interest on my bank account which basically is not taking my money anywhere and plus things are increasing in prices almost every day like milk is going from 2 and 1/2 dollars to 4 dollars in a few months that i would see gas is going up and such things so uh, i started looking into uh, where my money would make the most sense and um, mostly i started with what products am i using and what products i really like and if i like a certain product then i would expect that i'm going to be a consumer who's going to continue buying that product and uh, if i am going to continue buying that product maybe there are people similar to me around in the market who will do the same thing so an iphone for example if i bought an iphone and i'm very happy with an iphone i'm going to go ahead and buy another iphone there is also a good chance that um 
I might go ahead and buy other Apple products to stay in their ecosystem. I might buy a watch. I might buy an Apple laptop or an iPad or such things. And I believe that people out there are very similar to my mindset. I'm guessing because I'm an average person, and that is what I started doing. So Apple was one of the. I I don't remember exactly which was my first investment, but Apple, Amazon, and Google were. some of the top investments that i started off with amazon for the same reason that i don't think prime was something i could have um, imagined anybody else coping up with and that was a product that i saw myself using in the future google again the same way google maps uh, and similar things uh, that google was making which i saw myself again using um so yeah i think that is uh, basically how i started um, investing initially uh, in products that i that really mattered to me and um yeah i didn't i didn't read up much about anything to figure out is the market at a low or a market at a high or anything like that but uh mostly uh just going with my gut feeling that if i like something i'm going to be a consumer and if i am a consumer similarly other people are consumers so we all should go and buy products yeah that that's a great uh, way to start off thank thankfully you didn't go the tips route like what are my friends buying what is the penny stock that i should buy i don't know if you <laughs> if you if you did that uh, but if not that was very wise of you um so i i i don't still quite know the way penny stocks function i know that they are very cheap stocks that you can buy but apart from i think a movie or something that i might have watched where penny stocks basically led to a lot of fluctuation in values and people would make micro transactions to make a lot of money i don't think i know how to invest in penny stocks very well and also another thing is i'm generally very long on stocks for the same reason that right. i don't invest with any sentiments or anything associated to the market that today the stock is low but tomorrow it's expected to go high but in 6 months it will be low again and then in one year it will be high again it's it's more about um um if a company is continuously producing good things then there is no way they are going to go out of business in any way so in the long term you're still going to be better off than when you started yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah even my investment was apple and because of the, of the same reasons because it was i knew their products it was more familiar i was using it i was developing for it so it just made sense uh yeah that that that's great and and also like you know one of the taglines for the show is like uh we talk about money because our friends and family won't right uh right so while growing up uh, did you it was was it okay in your family to talk about money or did you know that you invest in india back in back home before coming to the us so before coming to the us i didn't have any personal sources of income because we were in college and um didn't end up doing any like apart from some odd jobs here and there where you would win some money because of some competitions or something there wasn't like a steady source of income that i explicitly had uh, to put into like the stock market or something um i do have family that works in the stock market in india because of which we've been exposed to uh stock trading and things like that since we were growing up uh, although i explicitly never tried making any trades myself mm. um i have been around people who have been doing it and talking about it and uh something that everybody talks about that how the share market went up today how it went down today the sentiment looks positive negative and such things mm. i've been around that um uh, all the while growing up um and in terms of money uh, talking inside the family um 
I don't think there was ever a conversation about uh, how much my dad makes or how much money do we actually have are we in this state of life or are we in this state of life it's more about you just look around and you figure it out yourself this is what i think my family uh, would be able to afford and that is what i should go with oh, and i like to coming back to your stocks right like investing i feel everyone i talk to because we all are engineers i feel all of us are like more in the tech sector everyone has invested like completely in tech sector because i think we understand tech more being engineers but uh, and that that's very interesting because like not everyone interest like not everyone invests so much in tech uh, so like do you like right now are you just investing in tech or like you've started um, uh, investing in other sectors and stuff like that so for the most part i still invest in tech like my major investments still comprise of things like tesla apple google amazon nvidia and similar products um, yeah. and maybe some upcoming new companies that come in once in a while those are still a part of my portfolio for the most part although yeah. i do diversify once in a while into uh, things like airlines or hotels especially during the covid dip when all the airlines and hotels tank and we do know that airlines and hotels are something that people are not going to stop using they just don't have any revenue at the moment but soon we are going to be out of this yeah. people will still be in hotels people will still be in planes and they're going to keep making money um so at that point i have diversified a little i but for the most part i think tech stocks to me make the most sense because um those are the things that will stand the test of time um and also it's not just tech stocks it's more about uh uh things that are evolving quicker than your imagination evolves so um the companies who are thinking faster than you are so if i can think of a product that a company should come up with and they come up with a product that's like five times better than what i could think of they are clearly ahead of the curve as compared to an average human so an average human can't think of it and also working in the tech industry i do have expectations from things if i think a product is bad and these are the things they should improve in a product and they still don't come up with those improvements then they are clearly not even doing things which a user expects them to do and in which case i wouldn't go ahead and invest in them um but say for example if we take walt disney company walt disney company has a very steady source of income from I, i'm guessing their parks and a bunch of content that they produced a bunch of studios that they have movies and things like that but at the same time um when they opened their um um uh, viewing service disney plus uh, in comparison to netflix the reason why i would think it would be a better service than netflix for example would be because they own so much content that they have already produced which people have already liked and people would go back and watch it like the fox studios that they purchased the um uh, all the other uh, um uh, like series and stuff that they've bought they own star wars they marvel they, yeah, uh, it's marvel Yeah. yeah the portfolio is insane like nat geo yeah. you know i didn't even Nash know geo that there's a portfolio of uh, uh, disney but apparently exactly yeah. and in india if you look at everybody uses hotstar for example yeah it's it's a big yeah. thing now yeah. yeah and they're producing good content still and they know how to produce good content netflix is doing pretty well also but if i were to pick one of the two sides i would think disney would do much better just because of how much they've produced over this period of time but at the same time i think netflix would be a technologically superior company when it would come to 
getting content putting it better to you like they would tell you uh, this is the thing you want to watch this is the thing you should watch which yeah. i think th- being a tech company they would be- still do better than disney would even though disney may have better content it's it's about True. how you're convincing people to be on your platform longer okay switching gears a little bit let let's talk about uh, electric vehicles uh, you've been driving uh, uh, electric vehicles and tesla for like what 5 6 years now um, um yeah sounds about right i have been um, close to electric vehicles or been in electric vehicles or been driving them hmm. for about half a decade now which seems relatively um, being one of the early adopters of electric vehicles um yeah. um back when we did not see too many cars back when tesla had maybe 30 or 40000 odd cars on the road compared to like over a million cars today um yeah. since then i have been driving electric vehicles i have been um driving them since the time all of uh, san francisco bay area had maybe only two superchargers and from there today it has um maybe 20 30 odd superchargers and for viewers who may not know uh, what a supercharger is it's uh, tesla's charging network which charges your car really fast yeah so so what is the biggest difference you think uh, between like the traditional uh, you know cars and the electric vehicles and what are like the different components that are involved while making an electric vehicle um so yeah there are a bunch of things that are different between um driving an electric vehicle versus driving a gas car in making as well but let's start off with from a user perspective so from a user perspective when um you're driving an electric car one main difference that you will notice is the aspect of planning generally when you go on a road trip you don't think about where you're going to fill up gas where is going to be your next halt and where are you going to take a pee break or anything like that uh, however when you're driving an electric vehicle that is something you might need to keep in mind considering you're going on a 600 mile road trip for example which is longer than what most people would but say you're going on a 600 mile road trip in a 600 mile road trip you need to figure out can you actually get to your destination first are there enough charging stations in the middle that will take you to your destination so back in the day this was a big concern because the chargers were not so widespread fast chargers instead uh, were not so widespread so the difference between a fast and a slow charger is a fast charger you can take a lunch break or a coffee break and your car will be charged for another 300 miles a slow charger is something where you would have to stay the night at a hotel and when you wake up the next morning you would have 300 miles on your car so that is the difference oh. between a fast and a slow charger that's a big difference yeah i didn't realize yeah. that difference was such a huge difference yeah exactly yeah so today you uh, back in the day there were very less number of fast chargers but a high number of slow chargers still so what people would do is if they have to take a 600 mile road trip and they can't find any fast chargers on the road then they would have to stop somewhere say the night continue their road trip next day which for some people is inconvenient for some people it might not be so inconvenient there are different kinds of people who want to cover 600 miles in a day or cover 600 miles over two days irrespective of what car they drive but you don't have the flexibility in an electric car or you did not in the back in the day um also electric cars started off with not having as much range initially when i was driving uh, electric cars the range used to be somewhere between 200 and 250 miles to start with today they could go up to 400 miles on a single charge wow Yeah. so that also makes a big difference so today uh, when you're planning a road trip you have much less to think about 
right um, as compared to what you did maybe half a decade ago Mm. and is there a difference between the price like uh, if you are charging it for like 12 hours versus using a fast charger is there do you have to pay more for the fast charger um yeah so the way uh, i i can mostly talk about tesla's charging infrastructure sure. because that is the one i'm most exposed to but in general the way charging infrastructures work are um uh, um electricity is something that from my best understanding somebody is not allowed to resell to you so if government is providing you with electricity or your main service provider is providing you electricity you can't be a middleman who takes that electricity and resells it to somebody so um if if i am storing like 10 uh, kilowatts of energy i cannot go ahead and sell it to tapan or atit for uh, some x amount of money which might have my margin or something so right. um they usually charge it by the hour um of how long you're charging so it's like you charge for 25 minutes you're going to be charged this much amount you charge for 45 minutes you'll be charged this much um mm. fast chargers for a very long time because there weren't as many electric cars used to be free for teslas like the tesla electric uh, car chargers um but with the demand increasing i think for the past two or three years they have made it such that you do need to pay a certain amount so it would be similar to like about half the gas tank price if i were to compare it depends per state it depends where you are in the city and state and things like that um but you'd end up paying maybe 20 odd dollars to charge your car for 300 miles this is just an approximation right but in the overnight charges they are generally complimentary by places that would like to keep you for staying so marriott hotels oh, yeah. hilton hotels and uh such hotels would just install tesla chargers because now if there's a tesla charger you are suddenly attracting a tesla owner mm. to come to your hotel and stay so they right. they are likely to provide incentives as, such as free charging hmm. okay how 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 do you plan your just out of curiosity then if you're planning for example a road trip do you actually like google search where are the chargers and then plan your route accordingly So finally on Tesla's website Tesla gives you the option of planning your route directly through Tesla's website which kind of looks like Google Maps but it has Tesla superchargers built in so say I put in San Francisco and I put in Grand Canyon National Park and if I want to go from place A to place B that's about 1200 miles I think hmm. which usually or maybe not 1200 or slightly lower i can't remember the exact number unfortunately but let's just think of it as a 1000 miles and if you want to go a 1000 miles you might need to charge x number of times because a car can go at most 400 miles plus due to weather variation due to elevation variation that range might not actually be 400 it could be closer to 300 so uh you put in your source and destination and it tells you exactly which stops you need to stop at and exactly for how long you need to charge your car so say you need to stop in los angeles for 20 minutes then you need to stop in mojave desert for uh 30 minutes and so on and so right. forth um uh, but it will directly give you that this is what you need to do you can do the same thing when you sit in a tesla also where you can put in a source and destination and it will give you the same information yeah and then you want to figure out now it's a 9 hour road trip but with charging that's going to be 10 hours for me so i need to account for that extra hour and that is how i would go about planning the road trip for example and what happens in case like you run out of battery like you I was going try to ask, did you ever yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, like, it's similar to what would happen to a gas car as such, where um, you have two options. One is you find gas from somewhere, you bring it, pour it in your car, and it can go running. And the other option is you get it towed to the nearest gas station. It's similar to Tesla. I think Tesla offers two of these services where they could send you a tow truck and put you at the nearest supercharger from where you are stuck. Or the other one is they might have some remote charging options where. they could bring a charger uh, with a battery which already has charged stored plug it into your car for a while to charge and go back i don't know if the latter is true or not but if it's not maybe they should make that a thing <laughs> oh fascinating yeah and and correct me if i'm wrong but tesla has its own version of google maps right like it, they they've built their own uh, maps in house is that still true like i i remember reading it like i don't know 3 4 years back but Um so so Tesla has its own navigation system I don't quite know what the back end of it is okay. but uh, a Tesla's navigation system a general navigation system on Google Maps will try to optimize for the least amount of time that it go- takes you to go from place A to place B whereas Tesla's navigation system will try to make sure that you get there with the maximum amount of charge that you would have so maybe uh, going a shorter route where you go uphill and then go downhill might be a shorter route but maybe it takes up more charge than just going flat but for a slightly longer distance a tesla is more likely to recommend you the other route compared to the one that goes up and down um and also uh, it, it has this additional feature of adding these stops as necessary so it would take you through superchargers as necessary if you're not going to make it with the amount of charge you have on the car already so um it has to take into account those things as well okay and how transferable are like the charging station can i like if i don't have a tesla but another electric car can i still go to a uh, tesla uh, charging station and um, i believe that way it's not true but um, there are a bunch of companies like electrify america and uh, charge point who are installing chargers all across america electrify america in fact has fast chargers similar to tesla and um, uh um, i don't know if you guys are familiar with the canon ball record where um you can you need to go from coast to coast so uh, um uh, california to new york city uh in a car and people set these fast records like gas cars have set records for 27 28 hours or something like that and electric cars have set similar records where they try to go from uh, uh, california to uh, new york city and they try to go as fast as possible so there are different people who re- have these records in gas cars of course there are people who drive like crazy and they fuel very fast and they keep going and things like that um whereas in electric cars you have to charge your car you don't have a choice so and up until now tesla used to hold the record for the fastest uh, cannonball drive from california to um, new york city uh, but that changed very recently when the porsche taycan actually beat tesla's record by charging on electrify america's charging infrastructure so there are two things that we can see from this one is that porsche taycan as a car is fast to it has sufficient number of miles so it would have had to make maybe very similar amount of charging stops as a tesla would have to make and three that electrify america has a coast to coast charging network that you can actually go from california to new york city by just charging on their infrastructure so um uh, teslas can actually charge on pretty much all other chargers that um uh, different countries have because it um uh puts those makes those standards and 
those plug-in adapters and everything available for its cars. But the other way around is not true. I don't think any other car can charge on Tesla's infrastructure at the moment. At least. Okay, we talked about a lot about charges. I feel at this point, let's let's move back <laughs> to finance. So, working for Tesla, what what do you think gives Tesla a competitive advantage over the other EV companies? Um, like, what yeah, is so Tesla's moat? Right. Right. So, I think this brings us back to the thing that we started discussing, where uh, uh, as a user, you want something from a company. and if a company does better than what a user can imagine which tesla has consistently done back in the day when um, there were no electric cars or electric cars had miles range of 60 miles 50 miles tesla came out up with an electric car in 2012 that had maybe 200 miles of range or maybe even more than that at the same time when nobody was connecting their cars on the internet tesla started connecting their cars on the internet because there was a foresight of we should be able to connect data back and forth from a car that the car should be able to update over the air which none of the other companies did and even up until today most companies don't um then also the foresight of oh we might need like a multimedia display on the car and not just like a screen that looks like your smartphone on the car a screen back in 2012 i don't think even there were cars with smartphone like screens they they just didn't have any screens or anything so those kind of insights i think puts tesla way ahead of the curve similar to that um, how well they are developing their charging infrastructure when nobody was putting chargers in america tesla started putting chargers so now they are already ahead in the game of how many chargers they have in the world um in terms of how many electric cars they've put out in the world um all the lessons that people are going to learn soon when they start making more electric cars tesla uh, learned those lessons long ago mm-hmm. so i think that's why it it feels like it's ahead of the curve at the moment at least we don't know what the future holds but um uh, compared to any other electric car that i have driven or um any other car in general that i have driven i would think that i haven't found anything similar even in a car that like comes anywhere close to a tesla i don't know like uh, every person that i know who owns a tesla will not switch to another car like they love the product they, yeah they... it's like apple like retention rate it's in crazy. customers yeah yeah and which is why i think i at some point uh, if we were to discuss why tesla stock is so high up i think that could be one of the reasons because the retention rate is crazy and the more customers you add with a similar kind of retention rate now nobody is going anywhere right yeah so like uh, we we discussed like all the different modes uh, in one of the episodes earlier like you know there's brand mode which i think tesla has uh, immense amount of brand right uh, there's a uh, toll bridge mode which i don't know like you know like if they have maybe by licensing their software or uh, maybe through ro- robo taxis where you know other people could use the infrastructure that they've built and pay like a small fee every time someone is using their infrastructure maybe that could be one of the things is that uh, like a priority at tesla do you know or is it are they doing something like that right now right i think i think that would be a good idea because if if people have already put up something letting more people use it would be a great idea but then you have to uh, manage the supply and demand at some point so if everybody else is only making electric cars and relying on tesla to build the chargers at some point they would have more cars than the chargers that they need to charge right. and which would make it into a problem 
um however if other companies also start off with the same idea that we will use tesla's chargers but we will also put up our own chargers such that um not just uh, use tesla's infrastructure but to be able to save the world we start putting electric cars in the market but right. at the same time we'll put chargers also such that we don't uh, have a supply demand problem for charging the cars i think that's a reasonable proposition that uh, maybe will be considered maybe the government just intervenes and puts enough chargers uh, across the country such that everybody can charge as much as they want yeah another I mode mean, is like the intellectual property mode right which i think tesla has a, a very strong intellectual property they hold like a lot of patents uh, at least in terms of battery manufacturing or uh, is that true or so i don't honestly have too much exposure to that side of the company to know how many patents they own but i think patents seem more like a thing of the past in silicon valley at least where um it's all about how fast you're moving as compared to what patents you have because patents are something you would most likely make so that nobody copies you but if you just happen to move faster than people can copy you and do a better job than them then you're already better off so you don't need to worry about the patents uh today even if nothing is patented um I'm guessing there are a lot of things that we come across in our day-to-day usage which might not be patented but they just keep doing better and better and better. For example, I don't know if Airbnb's UX is patented or not, but there's nobody who has a better UX than Airbnb when you're trying to book something. Um and similarly if um all companies are doing that um in some form or the other where even if somebody goes and copies where um i think i had heard another podcast where they mentioned that blockbuster tried to copy netflix's ux like completely and even after that they weren't able to get as many people to subscribe because they copied it but netflix was already a few steps ahead and they updated their ux to be even better and you can't just keep playing catch with a company so um i don't know if patents matter as much anymore as compared to fast paced development yeah i think that makes sense because it's very difficult to enforce a patent in technology anyway like even if you file a patent like it's so difficult to enforce it because uh, technology will will find a way to it, it, it'll be re- reverse engineered and you'll someone in the in their basement will come up with a better idea it's better to focus uh, focus more uh, on the agility like keep moving faster keep uh, identifying what your users want next and just keep pushing ahead exactly surprisingly um, maybe 3 or up, to, up until 3 or 4 years ago we used to hear a lot about a smartphone company suing another smartphone company because their design got copied and things like that and if you look at phones today every phone looks identical and nobody's suing anybody from what i can at least read in the news and people are keep going on doing and people are doing more and more better things with their phones you have companies like oppo and vivo who have the best technology in their phones while everybody else is playing catch up to them yeah it's it's that's crazy yeah for phones especially i feel everyone follows apple like with the charging brick especially that was hilarious like <laughs> everyone removed their charging brick right charging brick. yeah and the funniest was like samsung so apple uh, put uh, they made that announcement right we are going to save the environment and whatever we are not going to put charging bricks so on the same day samsung made a comment like note 3 comes with a charging brick and they tweeted that out and then like 6 months later they removed the charging brick 
they realize how many more phones they can ship in a container yeah yeah actually yeah talking about shipping uh, tesla uh, produced uh, what 1 million uh, or actually half a million uh, units in 2020 right yeah something something like that close to half a million yeah, whereas like the competitors volkswagen like they they shipped uh, 10 million uh, general motors 7 million ford 5 million so uh, like why is it taking so long for tesla to uh, push out more units uh, do you have any uh, idea why or is it just a capacity issue um so yeah i i i mean i don't know the exact details of these things but um uh, if i were to brainstorm about this and think about it um companies like Volkswagen General Motors Ford um Toyota have existed for multiple decades at this point um Tesla made their first car in maybe 2010 so it has existed only for a decade um making cars must be hard in general um because of all the technology that you need to put in and i'm sure like any other process some of these companies would have uh, mastered the process of making a car because they've been doing it for so many years and also uh, ic engine cars the normal gas cars haven't changed much for a lot of years so they are very similar you put an engine in the front you put uh, your wheels here you put a gas tank here none of those things change they don't like switch around or anything like that um whereas electric cars was a pretty new thing before tesla started making lithium ion battery cars i think most electric cars at least back in india that i was aware of was the that small reva car which had like a bunch of stacked batteries in the back kind of thing right and uh, electric cars were meant to look and feel very different than a normal car initially and in a bad way i would think Um, like a rickshaw like my memory yeah, exactly. before tesla yeah <laughs> yeah and then suddenly comes a car manufacturer that makes it look like your normal car and better in most ways and um, they also tried putting in a lot of futuristic stuff which had never been put in a car people buy cars for their reliability in general where for 8 years i shouldn't have to worry about anything going wrong in my car where my window doesn't open my door handle doesn't work and things like that of course um there are services and there are there is maintenance and um, similar stuff whereas uh, tesla started off trying to do all of these new things for the first time which had never been put in a car those are the kind of things that you wouldn't put in a moving object that's going at 80 miles per hour every day right. and they put it in and suddenly now you have a bunch of problems that you may have not anticipated and um, Uh, because nobody else had done it before so i think it's the first movers problem that they may be facing to scale up uh, production if they may have tried and copied just a hyundai or a toyota or something um, maybe they could have scaled up much faster too because you just hire people who've done this before and you ask them to do the same thing and they might be able to replicate it well enough but when you try to do something different you may or may not be able to move as fast which yeah. is i guess where they are kind of stuck where um it's taking a lot longer and also i don't know in whenever volkswagen and general motors started maybe after the uh, second world war or like right around that time how fast did they scale up were they producing uh, half a million cars in a decade or were they faster than that and do we attribute technology to be able to scale up this fast today or um, do we not do that uh, those are all questions because this is like one of the first car companies that have that has come up in 
our generation for example i don't think i've heard of too many new car companies that have spun up in our generation yeah that's true yeah and i i think it goes back to like the elon musk first principle thing right he doesn't want to copy like the ic engine design or whatever uh, components were there he wants to strip it down and just focus on the main important things think from the first principles right um i think that should be true for most products because the one um best way to slow down a process or slow down humanity's growth and development would be take what somebody has else has and do an incremental improvement on top and keep doing that over and over again which in general most car manufacturers actually do they they take the previous year's car they change the headlamps and the tail lights and they call it a new version car and they keep shipping it over and over again and that is the kind of incremental improvements that happen um you generally don't see a step change and when you try to do a step change the kind that apple's iphone did back in 2007 that was a step change from what phones we were used to seeing with like a lot of buttons right. uh, with a small display and similar things they did a step change where they came out with a multi touch display screen which was just phenomenal and as we know today everybody is doing the same thing so i think um uh, taking that big leap of faith for any product to uh, make a big impact in the world and drive humanity forward um that seems fairly important cool so let's move to the next one then so and i think everyone has this question and i think you answered most like for most part this question so what's what what do you think is driving tesla's growth like over the past year six months apart from wall street bets <laughs> <laughs> um so i think what is driving the stock price the most is possibly the realization that um um tesla as a company is not just any other company that um today there is one tomorrow there'll be another one day after there'll be another one and these are not the main companies that are meant to survive um i think most people have realized that this is the company that might actually survive and then there would be other companies so tesla has kind of cemented its position and again i think it's just a realization um um i don't think much has changed internally in the company's perspective or what the company is doing which is leading to this exponential growth in the stock price it's just people's beliefs have changed suddenly because of what they are seeing if you meet expectations that everybody says you can't meet and you consistently keep doing that i think people suddenly start believing in it yeah i mean so many people have burned uh, going mm-hmm. against tesla <laughs> so i think we will want to stay away now Uh, yeah hopefully more you expect more people to not be burned staying in favor of tesla so could yeah. go either way today we are one way who knows what's coming up yeah i remember like kathy word from ark invest ark invest yeah yeah she uh, put up a uh, target price of 4000 when it was around 250 300 like i know right and right now it reached 4000 yeah uh, uh, split adjusted basis of course and yeah. uh, they asked again like what what do you think is the updated target price she said 7000 i know <laughs> <laughs> and they made so much money off of uh, Bitcoin and Tesla that now they are starting a new space ETF. Yeah, yeah I saw that. <laughs> and Virgin Galactic's price shot up because of that. <laughs> yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And then let's talk about like Tesla entering the India market. So it recently came out right in January where they are going to start a factory. Like any thoughts? And we covered this topic. We were discussing this on what the ad when you came on the episode, right? So any right. thoughts on that? 
Um, I mean, I don't have much insight into what's going on internally and what they're going to announce. And um, as far as I know, there is probably no official word from Tesla. Also, which I would think would be a Twitter or a blog post, uh, which says that we are entering this market. Um, so I think all of these things are the same news articles that you and I would have both read yeah. uh, about Tesla entering the market. I think it's a good market for any car company to enter because it's a booming market. People are buying cars, and um, uh, in India, you do see a lot of luxury cars too. So, I think it would be a great market for Tesla to enter. Plus, electric cars have just started picking up. I was in Bombay about a month ago, and I saw all of these green license plate cars driving around from Morris Garage and uh, I think Tata, um, who are sh- shipping electric cars to people, and people have started adopting it. So. Um, uh, they must be charging it somewhere because I don't think I saw any chargers anywhere. But they figured something out, so um, uh, I think it would be good for another car manufacturer to also enter the market. Also, it would be good to show people a different side of luxury. Everybody has been on BMW, Audi, Mercedes, Jaguar as cars which define luxury in India, and then this would bring them another brand which would be a luxurious brand. So. Um, uh, should be like a good market whenever Tesla decides to enter. Actually, yeah, I can only imagine like for example, and this might be hilarious, but like petrol pumps having electric charger chargers, and then like there being lines and lines for petrol, CNG, electric <laughs> charger on the street. There's no way, no way. Like auto rickshaws are lining up outside. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That will be hilarious, but okay. yeah, yeah, makes. Sense. I mean, I would imagine that India would do something like valet parking almost for electric cars where you come and leave your car there's a guy who picks up your car charges it and then gives you a call when it's ready or comes and even drops it to your house when it's done yeah yeah that's a good idea okay yeah and also most cars are sitting idle most day so um uh, if you're not the person who can go take it for charging as the owner i'm sure you can find somebody who would be willing to take your car for charging and bring it back Cool. And so, so uh, this is another question that I get asked a lot. Like, well, what do you think of Neo? Like, which is like a Chinese uh, Tesla, right? Uh, do you know about them? Like, one thing that I that jumped out was they would uh, that the price target for uh, like the the average price of the car would be much lower than Tesla because they're not shipping with the back battery. So, like, instead of charging your car, you go to the uh, the charging station and you mm-hmm. replace your battery so every time you go there you just uh, you know take the battery out and uh, take the fully charged battery so that way you don't have to wait and the, the model the the unit price also goes down apparently so right so um uh, i think there have been a lot of tesla killers kind of companies that have existed for a very long time neo is one of them xpeng motors is one of them uh, byd i think china in general has um uh, incentivized buying an electric vehicle so much that a lot of car companies are coming up and making electric vehicles in china and i think that's brilliant like the more people who make electric vehicles the more electric cars there are the less of pollution there will be uh, on the roads and we want that to happen so um uh, it's a good thing that there are companies that are doing it. I unfortunately have never seen a neo car because I think they don't sell in America at the moment. So I don't know exactly um, how good or bad the car is. Um, but I think um, uh, until they make it into the world market, where if they are able to sell their cars, then that means that the product is good. But historically, there has been problems with um, Chinese car companies not being able to sell not just electric, but not n- none of the other. 
decisions that they make because of different issues with either uh, IP issues or safety issues or norms that they meet in China but not everywhere else in the world. So we, we'll see if they actually make it outside of China or do they actually just stay in China and continue doing it. Either way, I think that's a healthy competition to have for any car company. And uh, if they make a better car, then it will push Tesla to do better as well. And that way, all of us get better cars in the market. Uh, but the other thing is the other the swapping the battery is like a really interesting idea according to me as well, where um, you don't actually use own the battery. You use the battery as a service. Um, how um uh, how um easy would it be for people to do that that's something i'm not sure of how long does it take if you take your car to a station where they replace the battery put it back how easy is it for people to do that and is there any proprietary system that you need or if your car is parked on the road somebody can just come like put four screws and take your battery out and steal it who knows um and what and if but, you go there and they are like sir battery nahi hamare paas like what would you do <laughs> right and also everybody would be using their batteries very differently in general people's mindset is if you don't own something you don't need to worry about how you are using it the thing with batteries is the more fast charge you do on batteries the worse the battery's quality gets hmm. um, which is why generally um, uh, they prefer that you slow charge everything it's just how battery chemistry has worked for all this while where the more time you fast charge the le- lesser your battery quality your battery degrades over a period of time um so similarly if you don't own something you're more likely to uh, not yeah. take good care of it but i guess if you never have to charge it then you always need to just take it to them but then in that case they need to build these battery swapping stations everywhere where they otherwise would have had chargers and they also need to build some kind of a charging system because you still need to charge the batteries there right. and also you um, then you would hit the logistics nightmare of I, i i guess we come across this when we rent cars where if you rent a car from like hertz or enterprise or something they expect you to drop it off at the same location and if you say that you want to drop it off at a different location the charges are much higher right i think there would be a similar problem here as well where they would either expect you to drop off and pick up at the same location or if you do it at a different location then the charges would be higher at which point i don't know how sustainable it would end up being so i guess for mm-hmm. your local use it might work out okay because um, you live in a neighborhood and you probably go to the same charger each time so you could just go to the same swap station each time and it works out but if you're going on a road trip or something and not coming back like it's not an out and back road trip where you go one way and come back the same way then how do you uh, figure out the logistics for battery so that could be another nightmare but we'll see how that plays out i think as a technology that seems like a great idea because you spend probably lesser time than even filling up gasoline yeah you just have to swap a battery in and out so mm-hmm. a lot of uh, speculation has been done like you should rather buy all the lithium manufacturers and miners not manufacturers mm-hmm. but miners mm-hmm. uh, because the, even uh, the the stock prices of those companies have shot up dramatically <laughs> yeah yeah of, so uh, do you think lithium is still the solution for it or uh, i honestly don't know sufficiently about battery chemistry to um, suggest if they have alternatives coming in or is lithium the best thing and just mining more lithium is key or um, would they just change the battery chemistry entirely because when you come across a product that is cars you either completely switch it to for something completely different or you try to find more of that product using different methods for example 
oil when initially um, uh, they couldn't use the regular technologies they started using the shale technologies to get more oil out and that has been working very well for the us maybe there is something similar in lithium where if you can't easily get lithium maybe there's a better mining technology to invest in to get lithium out or the other thing is if that doesn't exist then you just switch out of lithium and try to use some other minerals to build batteries or you don't even go electric and you go into a completely different market um um if it is not possible to make batteries at all either of these are possible right a random question uh yeah. and this might not go on a podcast but i'm just curious what happens if i do atip was saying there's a case but like what if for example in india you have tesla on autopilot and it's fine whatever and then like there's an accident and the person is like hey i did not do it tesla was uh driving on autopilot is it like so at the moment plane? i think a user is still responsible completely for the car it's just like you are using cruise control and okay. you decide to not brake for the car in front of you and your okay. car crashes into something um the way it shifts is it's uh, assisting the user while driving and not an autonomous car got it so okay. the user is still in complete control and complete responsibility of whatever happens yep makes sense okay cool uh yeah we can bring home uh, one more question sorry what's your favorite tesla feature you know I, i think that would be a biased answer but i would say autopilot <laughs> <laughs> okay but it, it makes lives much easier when um, i'm driving on highways and such yeah where I, i can think about doing a 12 hour road trip without blinking an eye so okay. you could just sit in the car hang out you're paying attention on the road but it's a lot less tiring than um actually actively controlling the car while it's on the road um you could do it in the middle of the night also if required because the car performs the same way so that was it for this episode uh, if you want to connect to shroff uh, we will link the linkedin in the show description so you can uh, if you have more questions or just want to connect with him on linkedin then uh, you can do that through that but uh, again this was it for this episode of cold brew money if you like the episode and would like to know more about different sectors similar to what we did uh, today then uh, let us know uh, you can reach out to us on instagram it's cold brew money and twitter as well it's cold brew money but for now these are your host atit and tapan and this is cold brew money